Great stuff. Thank you, Stevie. Awesome. Thank you, Sharon. That's brilliant. I'm standing on the wrong side of it. Oh, all right. Thank you, sir. That's fantastic. Well, kia ora tafano, Nihao, Anyang Haseo, Apakaba. Welcome, everybody. It's so nice uh, to be able to get a little bit of time again together today, which is awesome. And here we are, uh, making our way through this wonderful series on the Ten Commandments, and we're down to number four now, just three to go um, after this Sunday. And uh, it's been great. It's been great for us to look uh, a little more deeply into these. Um, this astonishing set of guidelines that God gave humanity for how to live flourishing, blessed lives, not just individually, but in community as well, right? So that's awesome. And today we're going to look at commandment number four, which is about observing the Sabbath. And the title for today is Taking, or sorry, Take a Breath. Uh, you know, a number of years ago, I went through um, uh, a pretty gnarly season of burnout. I was in a place where I could never shut down. Uh, every day I'm dealing with a range of issues. Uh, this is probably about nearly 10 years ago now. Um, worrying about different scenarios, trying to work out how to handle all of the things that were coming my way uh, within the varied responsibilities that I have. I wasn't, couldn't sleep properly. Uh, and over, uh, over many, 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 many months, uh, I got progressively worse. I remember one time... I was leading a board meeting and uh, we were down in Tauranga and we were meeting in this particular venue. And as we came together on the first day to begin our day of meetings, I suggested that we should all pray and seek the Lord and that we should take about half an hour to do that. And so we began to pray. And I went down and then we were in this, in this space and I went and lay down on the floor, which of course looked very godly uh, because it really appeared that I was prostrating myself before the Lord and, and I was seeking Him. But the, absolute, the actual truth was is that I was struggling so much not just to burst into tears that I lay down and hid myself to try and pull myself together so that I could get through that day and lead the meetings that I needed to lead. It wasn't long after that that I was in my car driving to work one day and I got almost as far as the car park and something just snapped inside me and I just I couldn't do it. I couldn't go to work and I ended up continuing driving and found myself on the motorway out of Auckland having no idea where I was going and feeling like I was holding on by the very slimmest of threads. That day I drove south to a very, very good friend of mine who sat with me and we were, I was able to unpack all of the stress and the drama and the challenge and the difficulty that I felt I had been going through. And as good friends do, he brought me a different perspective, enabled me to make some very difficult decisions and I was able to move forward and so finally, I stopped. I divested myself of a large chunk of my responsibilities. I started to sleep whenever I needed to, which initially meant that I slept several times a day. Uh, I reinstituted my Sabbath. And many challenging months later, I remember waking up one morning and feeling for the first time, probably in a couple of years, normal. Can I ask you, when was the last time you felt normal? I need to say to some people here that it's not normal to feel burnt out and exhausted all the time. Today we're going to look at the, the commandment, the fourth commandment, uh, which is about the Sabbath. And the Sabbath in Hebrew literally means cease. It means to cease from your work. Interesting. You know, many of us are taking years 
of our lives because we simply disregard God's command to take a weekly Sabbath. You see, when we resist observing the Sabbath, when we ignore it or rationalize it away as irrelevant uh, in our day, uh, it has significant and lasting physical, psychological, emotional, and spiritual ramifications that we simply cannot run away from. If you are running out, if you are on the edge, if you are at the end of your rope, if you're struggling to hold on, you need to be reminded just how much your body and your mind and your heart needs rest. And you need to be reminded, too, of just how much more creative you would be if you got that rest. You know, the first time we come across this idea of a Sabbath day, interestingly enough, is not in the Ten Commandments. It's much earlier than that. Well, it's, I mean, chronologically, it's not a whole lot earlier, but it's a chunk earlier in the Scriptures. Uh, it's an interesting story, of course. Israel have just come out of Egypt. They've fled from Egypt. They've escaped from Egypt, and they've found themselves led by Moses in the wilderness, and they've gone through some very difficult times in these last few days, running out of water, finding themselves wondering if they're all going to die, this huge company of people out in the desert. And then finally God leads them to Elam, a place of refreshing. And then what happens is then they head back out into the desert. Gosh, so like life, right? I remember reading once, someone says, you know, life is made up of three things. You're either uh, heading into the desert time, you're in a desert time, or you're just heading out of a desert time. It's important to realize that we don't grow at the oasis. We need to develop a different appetite for difficulty and challenge because those are the places and times when we struggle, which is why James says, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. So many of us spend our lives running away from trials, not realizing that very often God's deepest and greatest work happens in the middle of them. So Israel find themselves back out in the desert and now there's no food. They've run out of the food that they carried with them when they left Egypt. Then they complain and they whinge and they blame God. And God very graciously then says to them, I'm going to provide for you. In fact, I'm going to rain bread from heaven. But he says, but this is how it's going to work. He says, you're going to go out and gather this fresh each day. I'm going to provide it for you each day. So you go out and you gather it, just what you need for that day. It's going to be bread in the morning. It's going to be meat in the evening. But this is important. Don't stockpile it because I've ordained it that it will not last for more than a day. And if you do try and stockpile it, it's going to rot. It's going to rot very quickly. It's going to stink. It's going to be horrible. So you just gather what you need for that day, except for the sixth day. On the sixth day, you are to, you are to gather double and this one, on this day, this it won't rot. And this is going to last you for the sixth day and the seventh day. This is what God says. He said to them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath or a holy ceasing to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left and keep it until morning. So they saved it until morning as Moses commanded, and it did not stink or get maggots in it. 
Eat it today, Moses said, because today is a Sabbath to the Lord. You will not find, listen to this, you will not find any of it on the ground today. Six days you are to gather it, but on the seventh day of the Sabbath, there will not be any. Nevertheless, some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather it, but they found none. Then the Lord said to Moses, how long will you refuse to keep my commands? Speaking to the, whole, the people through Moses and refuse to keep my instructions. Bear in mind that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. That is why on the sixth day, he gives you bread for two days. Everyone is to stay where they are on the seventh day. No one is to go out, so the people rested on the seventh day. You see, God provided what they needed for seven days in six days. In fact, the Bible says, you know what? You can go out. You can go look for it. You can wear yourself out if you need to on the seventh day. But God's saying, I'm not going to bless your work on the seventh day. I'm not in the work on the seventh day. That's not what it's for. God's not going to help you on that day. The principle is, all of our work should be done in six days. That's all of your work. Your work at your job, career, vocation, or whatever, and your work at home should all be done in six days. For most of us, that means you go to work, you work five, five and a half, whatever days it is, and then you spend a bit of time at home on the sixth day and, and, and you do whatever's got to be done around the home, be that repairs or maintenance or organizing or cleaning or tidying or whatever it is, and then you take a day of rest. That's what God blesses. That's what God blesses. You'll get done, more done in six days with God's blessing than in seven days without it. And so we come to the Ten Commandments. And surprise, surprise, this commandment makes up part of the top ten. Now, this is a big deal. You remember what else is in the Ten Commandments, right? Don't murder, don't steal, don't commit adultery. I mean, big, huge, life-impacting things. And observing the Sabbath is company with those. It's right there in it. In addition, this is the longest Commandment, the one God gives us the most detail about. Let me read it to you. Exodus 20, verses 8 to 11. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, simply meaning keeping it set apart. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. I mean, pretty clear, right? Work six days, then have a day when you don't do any work, not you, not your family, not your animals. I don't think my dog does anything close to what you'd call work. I sure as heck know my cat doesn't. Now, that is a life of leisure, I'm telling you. But, he says, not anyone. Take a day every week and do no work. So what do we learn from this? First thought is this. We've got to realize it's a commandment with consequences. It's a commandment with consequences. In a book by Pastor Robert Morris, he tells the story of a report submitted to the government of Japan in the 80s about a phenomenon that was reaching epidemic proportions, particularly at that time across Asia, but increasingly across the world. 
Several case studies were included in this report. One of them was the report of a man simply called Mr. A to protect his identity and that of his family. He had worked for several years at a processing plant for a major snack food company, often putting in 110 hours per week. So that's basically 16 hours a day work, seven days a week. He did this week after week, year after year. They found Mr. A dead at his workstation of a heart attack. He was 34. The Japanese have a word for it. The word is koroshi. In Mandarin, the word is guailaoshi. I almost certainly butchered that. In South Korean, it's guarosa. All three terms did not exist prior to the Second World War because those languages had no word for what was going on. All three words mean death from overwork. Someone who literally works themselves to death as a result of working big hours under intense pressure with no or little rest. And here's the thing. God has and has always had a plan for us to avoid this. And it's called the Sabbath. And it's a commandment, not a suggestion. And it comes with consequences as we have seen. Now, we have to realize that this is one of of the 10. We've got to get our heads around this. This is as important for human and flourishing and social thriving than all of those other commandments. We don't get that. You know what? And most Christians believe that they can break this commandment without consequence. We think that there are no consequences. You know, we've got to remember that this is part of the same list. Uh, Pastor Robert Morris tells this great story um, about a fellow pastor that came to him at one point, true story, and the, the pastor said to him, hey, Pastor, I know that Monday is like your Sabbath. That's your day off. But we've got this thing going on, and we would really like you to be a part of it. You'd add so much value to it. Would you please, just on one Monday, would you just come and do this for us? And pastor Robert's uh, response was this. Hey, sure. Look, and why don't you just ask me to commit adultery at the same time? And heck, while we're going there, let's go to knock off a 7-Eleven and shoot some people on the way. And pastors were understandably like shocked and taken aback and like, what's your problem? And his response was simply, you forget that the Sabbath is on the same list as all of those other things. You would never think to ask me to commit adultery. You'd never think to ask me to kill someone. Why would you ask me to break the Sabbath? we grossly misunderstand the seriousness of the issue. Numbers 15 tells the story of a man who disobeyed what God said. And he went out working, gathering wood on the Sabbath. He was seen and he was brought before Moses and ultimately he was stoned to death. You see, when it came to this commandment, it was obey it or die. Now, you won't get stoned to death for working seven days a week but you will kill yourself earlier than you should. It's a commandment with consequences. And now someone's going to say, hold on, aren't we under grace, not law? Absolutely. We don't keep these commandments to be saved, but we do keep these commandments to be blessed, to live the best life God has for us. Here's our second thought today. It's a commandment 
with purpose. And that purpose is your refreshing. Exodus 31, the Israelites are to observe the Sabbath, celebrating it for the generations to come as a lasting covenant. And it will be, here it is, it will be a sign between me and the Israelites forever, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. Did you hear that? He, God, was refreshed. Now, theologically, we have a slight problem here, right? How does he who never tires get refreshed? Well, it's interesting when you dig into it a little bit. The Hebrew word for refreshed literally means to draw in breath or to take a breath. Now think about that for a moment. For six days, God has been creating. And we know from the scriptures how God created. He spoke things into being. And when you speak, you you breathe out. And, And so we have this picture that for six days, God's been speaking out. He's been creating. And then on the seventh, God paused and he breathed in. He took a breath and he was refreshed. We have this idiom, don't we? Man, I just wish I could catch my breath. You ever said that? Well, you can. You can catch your breath. You can take a breath. How? By observing a Sabbath. You see, sometimes people ask when it comes to that, well, I don't even know what that means. Like, what do you do on a Sabbath? Wrong question. The right question is, what don't you do on a Sabbath? And the answer, according to Scripture, is anything that is related to work including ministry if you're involved in some way in Christian ministry. You can do anything you want. You can do hobbies. You can do nothing. You can gather friends around. You know, the Jewish tradition offers us some great guidelines for this. But the key is just don't do any work. Well, well, that's all well and good. But what if I have to work on a Saturday? What happens if I, I work from like, you know, Uh, Tuesday to Saturday, what do I do then? Or or what if I'm an emergency worker? Or what if I'm a shift worker? Well, that's easy. I mean, Jesus said, look, if an ox falls on a ditch on the Sabbath, pull it out. If someone is bound with sickness, you can go and heal them. If something happens and you can't take your normal Sabbath on a particular day, change it to another day. Just don't go seven days without a Sabbath. You can pick a day to Sabbath on. Really? Yes, you can. Colossians 2.16, Romans 14.5. Talk about when people have quarrels or, or judge one another because they take different special days. They take different Sabbaths. And, and the Word of God says, don't judge one another based on those special days on those Sabbaths. And as Jesus said in Mark 2.27, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. It's there to refresh you, but it's also there for something bigger. It's there as a sign, Exodus 31 says. Sabbath was a sign. It was a witness. It was another mark of differentiation between God's people and all the other nations. I love in the book of Nehemiah, they've rebuilt the wall, they're getting Jerusalem back functioning again. And one of the things Nehemiah does is he institutes the Sabbath again. And what that means is on the evening of the night before the Sabbath, he would have all of the gates around Jerusalem closed because every day traders would come and they'd come into Jerusalem to sell and make money. But on the Sabbath, no traders were allowed into 
the city. Can you imagine how that kind of conversation went if you were a trader arriving at Jerusalem and, and out of the blue, all of a sudden, now the gates are closed. It's like, hey, what, hey, you fell up there on the wall. What's up with the gate being closed? Sorry, guys, we don't work on a Saturday. What do you mean not work on a Saturday? Everyone works on a Saturday. How can you possibly hope to get ahead if you don't work on a Saturday? Well, it's our Sabbath. What, what's a Sabbath? It's a day we cease from all of our work to honor God. Which God? The Lord God Almighty, the God of all creation. We are more blessed in six days in taking a Sabbath to rest than we are in seven days without a day to rest. You see, it was a witness. It was a diff- witness of the difference that God makes and of the difference that he makes in our lives compared to those who don't honor God or walk with him. We're more blessed in six days by taking a Sabbath to rest than we are in seven days without a day. And this leads us to our third thought this morning, is that it's a commandment with a blessing. That's because a Sabbath is intended to be a blessing. You know, in Mark 2 and 3, we see Jesus on two different Sabbaths. Uh, One, he's wandering through some fields with his disciples, and they're kind of snacking on the ripe grain the other one, he's in a synagogue, in a church, basically healing a person with a crippled hand. And the Pharisees are like, whoa, whoa, you can't do that. What are you doing? You, it's like work. You can't do that on a Sabbath. And of course, Jesus very well knew what the Scripture said and what was and wasn't allowed. But unfortunately, the Pharisees' interpretations of this whole thing have become as, as kind of dead and lifeless and missing the point as their faith in God had. Sabbath wasn't meant to be a burden. It was always meant to be a blessing. People were blessed as a result of honoring God by taking a day of rest. And you see, here's the thing. It takes faith. It takes faith to stop. It takes faith. It's counterintuitive, but there's a supernatural reality here. Listen listen to this. This is certainly true in my life, and I suspect for many of us, if we we don't have a practice weekly of taking a Sabbath. You know, the reason why we work seven days a week and we don't, take a Sabbath, is because we don't trust God. That's the truth. It's because we don't trust God. Because we feel that if we, if we take a day off, if we don't work all the hours that God has given us, if we, if we don't do it, we won't get ahead. We're afraid that if we don't do that, we won't be a success. We're scared that if we, if we don't work and get it all done, then we'll fall behind. We'll be behind our peers. We won't have what we need. It's because of fear It's because if I don't get this work done now, then, and you can fill in the blanks. If I don't just get something done on on my day off, if I don't, then, I don't know, what's it for you? I'm not going to get here. I'm not going to be successful. I'm not going to be able to retire with what I need. I'm not going to be able to be a blessing to the kids, whatever it is, however we rationalize it. The problem is, is that actually we don't trust God. But if you will put your trust in God, and despite your doubts and your misgivings, set a day apart to rest, if you will do that, you will be better for it. And you will get more done in six days with a Sabbath than in your seven days without a Sabbath. That's the blessing that the Lord brings. You remember that story at the very start? in the desert 
I'll give you everything you need for seven days and six days. Trust me in this, says the Lord. It's like tithing. People who tithe know that 90% with God's blessing goes so much further than 100% without God's blessing. Likewise, in six days with God's blessing, you'll get more done than seven days without God's blessing. And that has been my experience. God made the Sabbath for you. Not so that you might slip further behind, but that you might find a more blessed way forward. If the team could come now, that would be awesome. I want to suggest this morning that that some of you here today need to Sabbath. Some of you here are wound up, you're run down, you're stressed out, You're feeling done in. And some of you here maybe are realizing for the first time, maybe, that you really do need a weekly practice of Sabbath. And and maybe some of you are now thinking, my gosh, okay, I, I owe God the Sabbath. No, no, no. You owe yourself the Sabbath. You see, remember the Sabbath may be a commandment, but what it is most importantly is it's a gift from God to you that you might flourish. It's God's grace. It's his unearned, unmerited favor towards us, his creation. And in a world that is highlighted by the commandments we've already looked at, a world of greed and ambition and coveting and taking, God is giving something to us. He gives us a day that he blesses every week, a day to cease from work, a day to take a breath, a day to be refreshed, a day he blesses. You know, for me, this has been a big week for a number of reasons. We've had Maggie's passing and and all of the things that have got to be done to pull together a large funeral and be there with the family and And on top of that, I've got all my normal workload. And on top of that, I'm behind in my study uh, as well. And and I had actually taken this week as annual leave uh, so I could just work on getting up to speed with my my study. And so, you know, honestly, I got to the end of this week and I was sleeping poorly. I was waking very, very early and I was feeling pretty done in. But the problem was I still had so much to do. And this is not an uncommon occurrence for me. See, for me, Saturday is my Sabbath. It's when I cease from all of my work. And here I was once again, filled with worries about the amount of work I have to do. And once again, I was tempted to use Saturday or use part of Saturday, just an hour or two of Saturday to try and catch up a little bit, to try and get some stuff done, to try and get ahead. But I tell you, I have played this game before, and I know how this rolls. And I'm convinced from long experience that despite my fear and despite my doubt, I need to trust God and Sabbath. And so I did. I slept in. I read a little with a cup of tea, which my wife got for me. I went for a big walk with Lizzie. I had two naps throughout the afternoon. I sat down with my book again late in the day. And yes, I was tempted several times throughout that day 
to just do a little work. But I stayed in faith. And I promise you this, I will get more done in these next six days with God's blessing than in the seven if I had not taken his Sabbath. Can I ask you, will you receive his gift today? We have a wonderful opportunity if you're not in the habit of taking a Sabbath. We have a wonderful opportunity today to repent, to just to turn around, to make a decision, to turn around and walk in the opposite direction and go, I'm doing that from now on. Despite my doubts, you will have them. Despite my fears, you will have them. Despite my worries about the future, you will have them. Despite those, I'm going to start honoring God and see what God does. I cannot tell you how much better I felt this morning going into this big week, having had a Sabbath yesterday. So will you do that today? I really pray that you will be listening to what the Spirit is saying to you today. And not only that, I believe that some of us need to be refreshed today. Are you carrying a burden? Gosh, I know I do sometimes. Are you carrying a weight Are there responsibilities that are wearing you down? Problems that are maybe keeping you awake late into the night. You just wish you could stop, take a break, catch your breath. Going forward, let me encourage you, you need to have faith. You've got to trust the Lord and you've got to Sabbath. But we know that in addition to that, that the Holy Spirit fills us and refreshes us, right? God says in Jeremiah 31, I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. The prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 40, that those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Peter says in Acts chapter three, that when we turn to God, times of refreshing will come from the Lord. I'm I'm believing for refreshing for some people here this morning. And we can ask him to fill us. And that can happen as we worship. As we worship, the Spirit fills us. It can also happen as we lay hands on one another and ask the Spirit to fill and take weights away and release us from stresses and pressures and fill us with his joy and his peace. And so I'm going to ask our prayer team to come and maybe some of our pastors to be ready as well. Because as we sing this final song, if you'd like a little refreshing today, if you'd like a little refreshing in your heart, in your spirit today, if you'd like some of that weight to be taken off, as we sing one more time, if that's you, I'd love to invite you to take this moment as a gift. Just come out from your seats, come stand along the front, and we'll just quietly come and pray and lay hands on you and ask the Spirit to fill you and take those weights off to change your heart and mind a little bit, give you a more settled sense of peace and to increase your faith that we might go forward honoring the Lord in everything that we do.